The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host, who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power. And now, here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there and welcome. So pleased to have you on the show. Now, you'll realise if you've watched the show before that I'm not actually at home. I'm in a hotel, it's lovely, it's a spa, and I'm just here for one night. But it's been quite an interesting journey to get here. First of all, there was fog, um, and the journey, which should have taken about 90 minutes, took uh, an extra hour. Uh, and then I couldn't get an internet connection. So it's been a really interesting journey to get here, but we're here now. And I'm really thrilled that today we've got a return guest, Deborah Thorne, the CEO rather than the CEO. And she's going to talk to you about uh, leverage or leverage, depending on whether you come from the UK or the States. And to understand the power of leverage, she has a, an amazing event that she was going to share with us. But before we go to that interview, I just want to, you to explore with you how how many of us don't make the most of our experience and expertise, that we make light of our life experiences and what those do for us and what they could do for other people. We also make light of the people that we meet, the people that we know. And so often, I think, people try to do it by themselves. When, if you collaborate, you network, you actually engage with other people, you're much stronger when you do that. But before I go into that, I just want to remind those of you that uh, who perhaps don't know, uh, remind those people who do know and, and tell those people who don't, beg pardon, is that Genuinely You is a proud member of B1G1, buy one, give one. And for anybody who interacts with the program with a question or a comment, um, either in the live program or sends me an email at gina at genuinely-u.com, we will donate to various projects um, for B1G1 on your behalf. And you can decide whether you want it to be education, just put an E, whether you want to feed people, just put an F, if you want it to be clean water, just put a W, and if you want it to be health related, then put an H and we will donate to a project of that variety on your behalf. So think about yourself and think about your life experiences. What would you like to have told that younger you if hindsight had been available to you? Hindsight's the only exact science, isn't it? It's very easy to be wise after the event. But so often a bit of information, somebody else's expertise, somebody having traveled the route that you uh, are about to embark upon can save you time, money, energy, heartache. 
But we often forget that there are people out there that can help us. And we often forget that we have information, expertise, experience that will help other people. One of the reasons that I write so many books and why in recent times those books have become much more of a, an introduction and a journal or a workbook, so whatever the theme is that people can work through those, is because I recognise that people are time poor and they want, basically, they want a quick fix. But ultimately, having someone guide you in the right direction can save you a, a, a shed load of time and difficulty. And I use my own life experiences. I use my experience with clients um, and you know the, where I've been on courses or whether I've listened to information, read books. All of those come together so that I have a wealth of experience, the Gina Gardner experience. It's like nobody else's. But there will be common threads which will be useful to other people. So let me give you an example. Next week, we've got an amazing lady on called Jane McClelland, and she has created a protocol to help people manage cancer. She is someone that's had uh, three different cancers, each time a terminal diagnosis. And that the last one told she'd got a few weeks to live was 15 years ago. Now, what she's doing is using her experience and enabling other people to piggyback on that. Deborah Thorne, who we're going to speak to um, in a few moments, has a huge wealth of experience, which she is bringing together to help other people short circuit the system so that they can get there more easily. But what have you got that would be helpful whether it's experience in life around health or relationships or building things or dealing with life situations. What have you been through where at the end of it, you could look back and think, you know, if I'd known that it would have been easier. If I'd have known who to speak to or where to go, I could have, have navigated my way through those stormy waters much more easily. What training have you had? What job have you had? What hobbies do you have? All of those, when used rather than abused, but when used well, can give you leverage, can help you move on. And that's true of your personal life, but it's particularly true in your business life. You know, there was a time when you could, could pretend that you knew everything but these days, the level of information which is available and the speed with which it changes is humongous. No one person has got all of the skills, all of the expertise, all the time, all the inclination to do it all. And therefore, it's how do you work with other people? So we're going to go into a break now. And when we come back, I'm going to introduce Deborah Thorne to those of you that have not met her and I'm going to reintroduce you uh, to her if you have seen her show which was about a year ago so don't go away I'll see you after the break you have been listening to Gina Gardner on leadership for life we'll be back after this quick break Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? 
Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for a Leadership for Life VIP day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. You know, when you meet people face-to-face or on the internet, there are sometimes you meet people and you feel as if you've known them forever. Well, Deborah Thorne is just one of those people. We met through LinkedIn um, about two or three years ago, I think now. And it was one of those situations where I invited her to have a virtual cup of coffee or cup of tea with me. And we started to talk and very quickly we discovered that we had a lot in common and yet our lives couldn't have been more different. I live in the UK, she lives in LA. Um, We have very, very different backgrounds and yet our values are the same. And so we started to talk on a regular basis and we've had a monthly conversation pretty well every month since then. And if you're interested, we've just looked and and compared the things that were happening in both countries. There are a series of podcasts that you can find on genuinely-u.com and also um, on YouTube. And they're called um, Genuine Genuine Dialogue with with Gina and with, uh, with Deborah. So let me tell you about Deborah. Deborah Thorne is the information diva. She's an award-winning, internationally known author, coach, trainer, and speaker. She's the founder and the host of the Leverage Conference for speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. Deborah advises and supports motivated women and some enlightened men in reducing their curve, demystifying business principles and systems, saving them time and money so that they can transition from employee to six-figure income-generating entrepreneurs. She helps them create income-generating businesses rather than glorified hobbies, always encouraging women and the men to do business like a woman, not like a man, or like a man but using feminine energy, that's my bit, not hers, 
Chu is the, the CEO rather than the CEO. I'd like to welcome my very good friend, Deborah Thorne. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is so good to see you again. And even when we talk about how the difference is, you, you spoke earlier of the of the fog there. So, and I see that you've got the turtleneck on. You know, oh, yes. Okay. I'm sitting here on the other side of the pond, you know, without sleeves because it's hot. Just one more of the differences that we share. I know it's incredible, isn't it? But, but despite the differences, I think it's one of the things that is so precious about our relationship and one that I wish other people would, would, um, would follow in that we don't agree on everything, we but we listen to one another and can appreciate the other person's point of view. And learning from you about your life in the States and about the way in which you see the world has helped me see the world in a different way. And for me, that's such an important thing. And I think hugely lacking at the moment. You and I have talked about this on many occasions. But leverage or leverage, depending on where you come from, what does that mean to you? Okay, well, we have a pretty special definition. So leverage, and I'm going to learn to say leverage, is it? Okay. Uh, it The way we define it is networking plus collaboration equals opportunity. And that's leverage. Because what I can do by myself and what you can do by yourself is multiplied when we come together to create things. And it's time for us all to stop asking permission to be on other people's platforms or in other people's programs and gather together and create our own. For me, that is what leverage is. We can do all, and technology has really made it work. It certainly has. Now, just tell people a bit about your background and your story, because, you know, how do you come to be the CEO rather than the CEO? Um, you know, I was always that person that was a little bit off, if you will. Um, and, you know, I started off as a civil servant. I am a retired state employee. You know, I'm a bureaucrat. I tell people I've never worked a day in a corporation, but to ask me about bureaucracy, I can tell you all about it. So that was one part of my path. Another part, and you and I share this, I, was, I am a conflict resolution specialist. And so I work with parents, teachers, and schools helping kids understand how to get along. And um, I'm, I'm an anti-bullying expert. And along with that, that's where we get that, let's listen to other people, even when they're different than us, you know, even yeah. when their ideas are different, you'll learn something. If nothing else, you learn to come to understand how they think the way they do. And you go, oh, well, you know, if I had your same experience, I'd probably think the same way. So, Doing that, you know, as an entrepreneur, I tell my clients, I have made every mistake possible, probably, okay? Yeah. And I encourage them not to make rookie mistakes, make some new mistakes. But it was the challenge of figuring out how do I go about doing what I love to do, which is connecting people to people and people to opportunities. And how do I do that and generate income? Uh, the glorified hobby business. Oh, man, I was in glorified hobby world for years, you know, enjoying what I was doing out there doing it, but not making the money that I needed to do. And so focusing in on what made it different, I spent thousands of dollars toward education, you know, because I wanted mm -hmm. to know what was the little piece that was missing? 
when I started tweaking things, then I realized, okay, and the, the uh, background story is I went from 30, I, well, let's do it this way. I quadrupled my income in a year by some tweaks. Mm -hmm. And what I do is want to share with people some of those tweaks. Let, as I said, let's make some new mistakes. I've already made the other ones. I can guide you past mm -hmm. those, but yeah. let's go forward and see what we can do. And isn't it interesting? I think if you speak to anybody, anybody, they remember the things that went wrong much more yes. than they remember. And they learn from those one hopes rather than make the same mistake over and over again. But how many businesses, I wonder, when they're starting out, make those rookie mistakes. And as a result, the business folds because they lose heart, they lose money. Um, and then they go back into employment, very often an employment that they don't enjoy. Whereas if they had that expertise and experience behind them, the things could have been very different. Absolutely. And those of us who were born to be entrepreneurs make horrible employees. I know I make a horrible employee. <laughs> it took sure me a long not. time to realize, <laughs> you know, because what I was doing was I was thinking for myself and, you know, things should go a different way when you're working in someone else's company. No, it goes the way they say it goes, even if you think that's totally insane and doesn't make sense. But it's like when we do this, when we hold on, that's why I don't want people to give up. I want them to experience it because when, you know, when I had that quadruple of my income in one year, that yes. was like awesome. I was on top of the world. And it was like, okay, so what did you do differently? And it was just itty bitty tweaks. And my thing is to help people understand that there are people who have done it, learn it from them. Don't create those same mistakes. Go out and let's do something different because we all know yeah. one of the, the definitions of insanity is doing the same yeah. thing over and over and expecting a different result. Give it a new shot, a new boost and see what happens. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we are almost hot-wired that something's not working, so we do it more, we do it harder, we do it more frequently, and then yes. get very disheartened when it doesn't work. Um, but we all do it, and I think being aware of that's what we're doing is really important. It, often you're not the one who sees it. Somebody else has to say, I recognize there's a pattern here. You know, I'm holding up the mirror. Do you really do you really see what's going on? And that's not just true of business, is it? That happens in relationships, particularly. You know, people who go through one disastrous relationship, you know, the faces might change, perhaps the you know, the, the their job might change, but actually they're, they're the same that sort of person that time and time again. You know, and I always so say can you see what the common denominator is here? Okay, well, you, you've told yes, me all this. <laughs> there's one thing that's constant. Yes. You see, when I said before I introduced you that we had our values in common, a lot of our language is in common because I go bang on about us being the common denominator in our life, taking ourselves wherever we go. And yet many people constantly point the finger outwards and say, it's not me, it's them. But time and time again, it's somebody else's fault, not theirs, and they don't look inwards. Well, but here's now, the thing I always say, if I give, if I say it's your fault, then I've given you the power to change or not to change. If I can find my piece in the puzzle, 
I can make a change because I can change it as many times as necessary to keep tweaking it till it gets to the place that I need it to be. And so for me, assuming the responsibility is actually very empowering. And I really encourage people to, you know, look for your part in it. That's the most important thing. What is your part in the situation? And once you do that, hey, we're on and going. I'm smiling because the people who listen to this program regularly will know that I bang on about taking radical responsibility for your thoughts, beliefs, your emotions, your words, and your actions, because in doing so, you hold on to the power. Absolutely. Now, I'm really interested because I know that in a very short period of time, you've got something very special going on. Talk us through what the event is and how it came about and what you're hoping to achieve with it. Wonderful. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, first of all, it is called the Leverage Conference for Speakers, Authors and Entrepreneurs. And where it came about is, you know, as speakers, you and I both, we're constantly sending letters, asking people for an opportunity to speak on their stage and having people judge us, if you will. And in my opinion, that some of the people judging us weren't capable of doing so, you know. Oh, I don't really understand. Can you pay me to do this? Can you do that? You know, and I got to a point that's like, you know what, why am I begging someone else when I can create with the help of others, create a platform? So three years ago, we did the first leverage conference. It was a full day. It was live and in person in a hotel, around 50 people there. Um, really good experience and when i knew i had done the right thing was one of the women came up to me after the conference and she said you know i go to a lot of conferences you know hundreds and i'm like yeah i know her she's a, a speaker and she does and she says but never have i been to a conference where we got so much information and no one asked us to buy a thing and i went yes because that is our goal my goal is to have people come network, get to know other people, find people who have something in common that you can collaborate with and create a new opportunity, then that's the successful piece. It's not, you know, it's now a three day event. This is our third year. It is not a pitch fest, which I hate going to, you know, we've all been to it where you pay to go to an event and speaker after speaker after speaker is asking you to buy their book, their widget, their program, their whatever. Yeah. Well, we have absolutely no selling from the stage, but what you do have instead are three full days of information. The first day is a how-to day. There are going to be people that are telling you how to do a specific skill, okay? So when you walk out, you know more about that and you can put it together, you know, be a little raggedy and rough, but at least you know how to do it. That's Can I stop thing. you before sure. we go on? So what sort of things are they going to give you the opportunity to learn? Oh, how about podcasting? I've got two different two different speakers talking about the same thing, but they approach it differently because one mm -hmm. way, one person's way might work for you, the other one, or maybe you're going to do a combination of the two. We've got someone talking to you about blogging someone else talking to you about search engine optimization not just hearing these things but how do i you know how does it how do i make it work for my business is it something i can do or do i always have to pay someone to do it some things yeah. we can kind of work through ourselves and yeah. you'll get a chance to see and you, at least even if you decide no i don't want to do it 
you now have enough information that when you're interviewing people to do it for you, you have some new questions to ask. That's a really interesting one because I've been talking to a couple of clients recently, entrepreneurs, who uh, their business is scaling up and they need a VA. And we hadn't discussed this before they started the process, but they mm -hmm. came back to say, we're really struggling. These are quite separate uh, people, but all within the same couple of weeks to say, here am I interviewing a VA. I don't really know what I want them to do. I know what I don't want to do, but I don't know what best to give them. And I don't know how to interview. How do I know if they're any good? And it's really tricky. Well, not only that, but because we as entrepreneurs tend to look over the whole big picture and we've got all these things we're doing and we want someone to come in and do all those things. And I had to learn, well, here we go again, learn it the hard way. I have yep. currently right now two VAs that work for me. Yep. One handles one specific thing. I, I call one is the one that I hand things to do. The other one, I let her do a little thinking, help me think stuff through. One person can't replace you. I mean, we're, we're so valuable. Yeah. We take several people, but it's finding the one yeah. piece that that virtual assistant can do for you that takes it off. Because I'm always looking to get things taken off of my plate. I think it for me, it's first and foremost, having some clarity about which are the roles that only you can do. And they are not necessarily always the roles that you want to do, but but to be recognized that, that actually there has to be you in there. And then those things which you can hive off and those things which you've got to hive off. Um, so you're not, because that's not something that you can do. So I also have two VAs, Rachel, who's been on the show, who's an amazing author herself. Mm -hmm. She does all the technical stuff for me. Um, okay. And I, I wouldn't dream of giving the other VA the technical stuff because it's not her bag, but she's brilliant at other things. So having that clarity and being able to communicate that with clarity is really important. So <laughs> you and I need to have a conference. To go. Here we go, collaborating. We need to put something together where we share with people our experiences with VAs and help them make the choice. Because I VAs think that's have really vast uh, experiences and abilities, but you got to have the right one for what you're doing. Yes. I can remember early on, for example, I asked um, a, a VA to do some CEO. In fact, they'd been recommended um, and they were writing some of the blurb bits for my YouTube programs. And I, I, I just blithely thought, great. And then when I looked at YouTube, I discovered that the grammar was off, that the uh, the spelling was off, that the phrasing may have been great for CEO, but the teacher in me came out and I wanted a red pen to be able to, you know, and so recognize, you, you've got to recognize what people are good at and use that. Uh, and and those when you're saying of, that, yeah. I'm like laughing because one of my first uh, assistant, she wasn't virtual, I had her in-house in with me, she wrote one of my very first blog posts, not blog, um, Facebook posts, okay, when yeah. I first got started, this was years ago, and she wrote, OMG, the information divas, I'm like, no, no, hold up, hold up, first of all, people <laughs> I talk to don't know what OMG means, as a devout Christian, I don't use God's name in vain, so why, and 
I became crystal clear that there are, I can give them examples of my voice, but only I can speak for me. (laughs) Absolutely. So let's move on to day two. And I've got a vested interest in day two because I'm I'm very much involved. So number day one is all the how-tos. Day two. Day day two two. thought leaders. Oh my goodness. And Gina does have a, a prominent part in that. And I love it. So part of the day is Gina and I having a conversation and helping people understand how we come together and why we collaborate the way we do and help them get a handle on that. But one of the things I'm proudest of is Gina runs our Thought Leaders Roundtable. And that's a group of women coming together to share their their experience and opinions about a certain thing. This year's topic is COVID and politics because it just boggles my mind that a, a pandemic health issue has become politically polarized. And I don't get it, but my hope is that in listening to women who think differently than I do, I'll better understand. So that's the piece. We also have Gina speaking that day about what else but leadership getting us in preparation. And there'll be some more uh, speakers that day talking about the way we think, because that's what's going to control all that we do. And of course, we end that day with our happy hour, which is our party. (laughs) So we'll be having fun with that. Great. I have to say, I've got my my referee top on ready for for that uh, that Well, you know what? You did such a great job last year. (laughs) Um, And and we, you know, and we continue to get comments about it because people are not used to talking about the tough stuff. We talk about politics. We talk about religion. We talk about race. That's not what, you know, we've been taught. We've been taught we don't talk about them. But but my belief, the belief behind the conference is that if we don't talk about those things, how will they ever get better? I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's how do we talk about it and how do we listen about it? Because there's lots of people talking, not so many very often who are listening and listening initially with an open mind um, and recognizing that you can disagree and disagreeing in itself is not wrong, but at least disagree from an informed standpoint rather than just making huge assumptions. Well, yes. And when someone is talking about their experience and their opinion, you don't have yeah. to agree with it. It's theirs. We just yes. ask that you listen and it might you might learn something. You just might learn something. So, so that's, that's day two. Day two. Day three is one of my favorites. Day three is our day of masters. And that's where we have speakers who come who are currently generating six and seven figures with what they do. And they're going to talk to you about what's special about the way they do it. Okay. Which I think is, you know, once again, this is their experience. Okay. And if they're sharing their experience and what brought them to that, what little bits or pieces can you take away from it to help you take your business to six or seven figure level? Because many of us want that. Some people want more, but you need to understand what these people are doing. Are you willing to do what they do to make it happen? Um, And that's, like I said, that's one of my favorite days. We got a lot of networking going on. Each day has its own networking piece in it. Um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm getting excited because we are just about a week away and here we go. It's interesting, I think, how often we, we just ignore how much great information, support and help there is out there. And we beaver away in our own little place and we make mistakes that, that could have been so easily avoided and that we don't often have an opportunity to broaden our horizon. And so, you know, listening to the thought, the how-tos, the thought leaders and the masters, I think it opens the door of possibility, doesn't it? Because if Absolutely. you don't, what you don't know, you don't know, you can't make a judgment about. And very often you have, not only do you not know it, but you don't even know you don't know, know that it. you don't know it, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, when you see people digging in, and I often do, and I'm sure you do with your clients as well, they'll dig in on something. And my standard question is, you're giving me pushback. Do you know why you're pushing back? Because they don't even have another alternative. Well, no. it just doesn't seem like it'll work. Well, have you tried it? You know, trust me, I wouldn't be telling you if I didn't know it worked. It's just interesting that we, as people, you know, we get caught up in what the things that we do. And what I'm hoping is that by participating in the conference. And I forgot to say that it is virtual because we do have people attending from the UK, from the Philippines, from all across the United States, from Canada. Uh, this year we'll have someone coming from New, Ze yeah, New Zealand, uh, possibly the Bahamas. So we've got all these people participating yeah. with different ideas, um, going toward the same kind of thing, but because of their locales, things happen differently. You know, we pronounce words differently and everybody talks about wanting to be global. Well, this is the beginning of being global. This is how you meet, you know, like you and I, I have no yeah. problems. You know, we're on different parts of the world, but we see a lot of things the same, a lot of things differently. And I can't wait until this pandemic is over so we can actually see each other face to face, putting something together and making it happen. Looking forward to that. So I'm really looking forward to that. So tell me, if people are interested in the, the conference, and I, I really hope that they will be, what do they do? Where do they find out about that? Okay, what I would encourage people to do and ask you to do is go take a look at the website. See if it even makes sense to you. But that's at theleverageconference.info. Again, the leverageconference.info. And there's all the information there. There's even a space, if after you've looked at everything we put there and you still don't understand, you can book a 15 minute call with me for me to explain it to you. you and you'll get me because it's that important. That's one of those things I can't hand off because this is my passion project and I want to see it work. Well, it gives people the opportunity to really jumpstart their entrepreneurship if they're at the beginning and it gives people an opportunity to go to the next trajectory if they are already an entrepreneur and that they're working right. now i know you do a lot of work with uh prospective authors don't you yes i do so one of the why, things how oh, i'm sorry go ahead i was going to say why do you think it's important for people to write a book oh my goodness well first of all because it's easier than it has ever been and unless your heart is set on writing a Pulitzer Prize winning book, there is no reason for you not to do it. Now, what I think is that everyone needs to get their thoughts out to be expressed. 
books are going to hold their place in history. So much has happened in the last few years, depending on where you are on the political strata or whatever, how you see it is different. History is going to be told by the person who wrote the book. And if no other thing, if people would just talk about what they experienced in the last couple of years, what did you experience during the pandemic? First of all, it's very therapeutic to get that stuff up out of your head and on paper, but technology has made it so simple. You know, one of the things I'll present, be presenting is I have a nine step process for getting your book done now. And the idea being that you can get your book done in 90 days. But no, you're not going to win a Pulitzer Prize for it, and it is not going to be on the New York Times bestseller list. But there are plenty of things that you can do with it, and we want to. I really want to encourage people, particularly women, to tell their story because if you don't tell the story, and it doesn't have to be a story of tragedy. I can tell people nobody wants to hear all that tragic stuff. Yeah. Been there, done that. Okay, but how about you tell people what was the one thing that you learned during the pandemic? Because that, and, and I want to read it because I want to go, oh, you experienced that too. This was my experience. That builds the bridge for the collaborations. And if people will think of their books as very fancy business cards, a book will get you in a place that you books get you on television shows, radio shows. If you have a book, people pay more attention to you. And I want our entrepreneurs to understand the importance of having their book. Certainly my experience when I first went into business, having um, left headship, being stopped being a principal, um, I wrote my first two books, um, how, to, um, man how to Manage Your Staff More Effectively and uh, Kickstart Your Career. And they became my calling cards. And for the first few years of my business, I would send prospective clients the appropriate book or books. And I, I was never short of, of, of contracts because it, a number of things. One is it demonstrated credibility. Secondly, people have, uh, have a, a certain respect for an author because most people think I'd like to write a book, but very few actually sit down and do it. And in those days, it was really hard. I first took it to um, conventional publishers who were very interested in the idea. But by the time they'd finished cutting it about, it wasn't the book I wanted to write. So I self-published and it cost me about five grand a book. So that's in, in pounds. So probably about $7,000 a book. Whereas now you can publish a book and it doesn't have to cost you a penny. Uh, I, tell, and it's I have to interrupt there because you're in one of my spots. I tell people when they say, I don't have money. It costs the people I work with, a book costs you $2.50, okay? You can borrow $2.50 if you don't have yeah. it. And it's to get it done, that's the biggest thing, just to get that first book done. If you haven't done the first one, you've got to do that first book. And I know that you offer support for people to do that. And, you know, I've, I, there have been people who offer support and it's, humongously expensive and it's very protracted and drawn out and one of the things that that, that it, you give such good value um, that people can do if they want their hand held doing it in 90 days they can come out with a book uh, and know that that somebody has guided them through so 
that being an author mm. makes a difference. We've just said that. One of the things that strikes me, if you look back over history, very often history has been written solely from the man's point of view. And even though there are far more women authors now than there were, I do wonder when it comes to writing the commentary about life in the 20th and 21st century, that when you hear it from a woman's point of view, it's actually going to be different. I'm not saying it's going to be better, it's just going to be different. And urging people to actually share those experiences, I think is a very powerful thing to do. Yeah, experience and opinion once again. And that's my point. Whoever writes the book is telling the history from their perspective. So if it's a male, he's telling it from a male perspective. He may understand women, like women. Oh, mm -hmm. Doesn't make it good or bad. It's just different. For people of yeah. color, we have to tell mm -hmm. our stories. You can't tell my story because being a Black woman has some peculiarities and things that happen. And no one else can tell that unless you've lived it. And that's why it becomes so important. So when I mm. boil it down to nine simple steps that you can do to get a book out, out of your head and out the door, okay? Uh, I have one client who did it in seven days. And I tell everybody, I would, I would not take on a client to do it in seven days. She had a reason, but she did get her book published in seven days. But 90 days, yeah, you can do it. You know, people, this would be a great Christmas gift for yourself or a great, you know, for next year. It, I can't stress enough, and we'll be talking about that on day one. That's my part, is talking to people about why it is so important to write a book. And if you haven't written a book, this is what, what you, you know, you really want to take an opportunity to look into it. As always, it's great talking to you, but we're almost running out of time. And I just want to share, those of you that watch the show regularly know that with B1G1, that we invite our guests to choose a particular project. And I have three projects each month and every guest is invited to choose a project and then we um, donate on their behalf. Now, it's sad to me that in the year, I mean, the, 21st century that some of these projects are still needed and the project that you've chosen is to give children access to safe drinking water yes so this will provide children in tanzania with access to life-saving water safe drinking water is not readily available for in poverty-stricken areas and a new 28 to 40 meter rope jump a pump enables safe water to be extracted from the well more easily and is less strenuous for women and children. And it's always the women and children who have to go and carry the water. And some of them will walk for hours to go and collect fresh water. And the fresh water is often riddled with insects and germs. So even though parents know that it's going to do their children harm, they, they have no choice. And so they have to, um, they have to drink that water. So what we are going to do uh, on your behalf is we're going to donate to that project to make sure that, that more people have self, uh, safe drinking water. So thank you for choosing that project. Well, thank so, you so much for doing that. Awesome. Oh, my pleasure or our pleasure. So just before we go to the break, just remind people where they can find out about the conference. 
Okay, go to theleverageconference.info and all the information is there. And like I said, if you have a question that doesn't get answered, get on my calendar and I promise to answer it to the best of my ability. Brilliant. So Deborah, thank you so much for coming on the show, particularly as you stepped in at the last moment because the, the booked guest couldn't come. Really appreciate it. I'll speak to you soon. I'll be at the conference. Take care and thank you. Thank you so much, Gina. Thank you very Lovely. much. Thank you. Listeners, don't go away. We're not quite finished. See you in a minute. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-u.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there. We've just got two or three minutes left today. I just wanted to bring up something that... that came into um, to being today and it just, I think I need to say this to you. We, each of us need to understand that everything that we say, everything that we do, when and how we say or do it, or whether we say nothing at all, leaves a living legacy. I was talking to a great friend who's uh, at the hotel with me um, and her son phoned her really upset today because of something that his father had said. And we've been talking about it on and off today, about how often, probably completely unconsciously, that we say things and we don't think about how that's going to land for the other person. And I think, you know, one of the things we're moving towards Thanksgiving and towards the Christmas holidays 
And so many of you are going to be um, getting together with family and friends. And there's going to be, for many of you, alcohol, um, which can make things so much more tricky, is to be really conscious that what you say, how you say it, and when you say it, is going to land on the other person and not necessarily in the way in which you intend it. And so just take a breath. And before you open your mouth and you give that um, sharp retort, or you compare one child with another, or you make light of something that that person feels is important, just think about what you're doing. Recognize that the holidays are hugely pressurized. Now, if you're interested, there is a, um, a series of videos available on the website, genuinely-u.com, about how to manage the holidays. Um, and it gives you lots of uh, tricks and tips to make the holiday move um, much more harmoniously, because it can be a time of huge pressure. So if you go to genuinely-u.com, you will find and look for um, the, the, uh, the program uh, around the holidays, and that will help you. But I do want you to recognize that actually the needing to show emotional intelligence, that is to appreciate how it is for the other person's point of view, is important every day of the year. Not just Christmas, not Thanksgiving, every day of the year. And parents, what I'd like to say to you is, I know it's a hard job, kids don't come with a manual, but just recognize that how you talk to your children right from when they're tiny and even when they're grown-ups can have a profound effect on them. And of course they can on you. But as the parent, being the grown-up, think about the impact of what you're saying. And I'd like to think that parents don't generally um, try to upset their children. What you want to do is to make your child feel more resourced, better able to face the world, rather than put them down and make comments which make light of who they are as people. And as we were saying in the car on our way here, you know, surely the measure should be whether you're a good person, whether you're someone who has integrity, that you're kind, that you're hardworking, and that you do things um, to support other people. And it would be great to think that those would be the measures of success that we use. Of course, it's nice to have money and to have material things, but you can have all of those things and not be a very nice person. Of course, you can have all of those things and be a very nice person. But ultimately, just beware of what comes out of your mouth and don't allow it to just be triggered by a chance thing. Think it through. Because ultimately, being kind, being supportive is so important for friends, family, and so on. So as this draws to a close, I just want to say, remember, you're the leader of your own life. Take care. If you know of anyone who is suffering with cancer, please make sure that they turn up for the show next week with Jane McClelland. Take care. Be the leader of your own life. Bye-bye now.
You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcast.